Hello, and welcome to the Unique CPA with your host, Randy Crabtree. We're committed to creating a thriving community of accounting professionals who are physically and mentally healthy, fulfilled, and energized by their work. Our ultimate goal is to elevate the reputation of the accounting profession and vastly improve the lives of those in it. The Unique CPA is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Paul Hammond. Paul is the founder and president of RC Reports. Uh, RC Reports is an online application that helps determine reasonable compensation for closely held business owners. Uh, I've known Paul for quite a few years and, and glad that we were able to get this opportunity to uh, uh, record today. Uh, Paul, I just noticed uh, a month ago or so, was listed, and now I'm jealous, but he was listed on the CP Academy's Top Presenter Awards for 2022. So he, he you know, you know he's very educational, and I know he bases his firm on education first, which is really cool because I feel we do that as well. But Paul, welcome to the Unique CPA. Thank you so much for having me on, Randy. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, it's so this actually came about, like I said, I don't even know how many years ago you and I first met. It was at a conference. I don't even know the location of the first conference we were at together. Might have been like Boston or something, or it could have been Boston or San Diego. But yeah, it was a while back. It was a while back, and and honestly, and I and I hate to admit this, I didn't really understand what reasonable compensation, uh, what you do, the RC reports for reasonable compensation was, and I honestly still don't. But I was talking to you about it a little bit recently. Uh, and you did an awesome job of educating me on this. And I thought, you know what? We need to get this out here because if I if I have all these misinformation in my head about this, I'm thinking a lot of other people do. So real quick, before we get into what's reasonable comp and all that, why don't you give us a little background on RC reports and how that came about and, and, and then we'll go from there. Absolutely. So my background for... In the last 25 years has been in and around uh, human resources and compensation. And in the late 2000s, this issue of reasonable compensation just came out of nowhere and it came out like a freight train. People were getting audited through uh, IRS issues and some others. And so some close connections to me reached out and said, hey, uh, we need something called a reasonable compensation study. And I said, all right, let me take a look. I've done a, a million comp studies. What's different about this one? And there was some differences. And so I got into it, uh, figured it out. And afterward, took a look back after I'd done a few of these. And they would take me about two days, just so you know, to, to complete one. And I was probably billing some other neighborhood of two to three grand. Again, this is like 10 or 15 years ago now, right? Or probably mm -hmm. closer to 15, which is, that's not a small price tag for any business. No. Oh. Uh, for what what you would consider a reasonable comp study. And so I just started gathering people around me. I'm pretty relationship-based. When I meet people, I tend to know them for a long time. And I said, like, can we make this process easier, right? We just need to figure out reasonable compensation and we need to do it quickly, like less than two days. <laughs> and <laughs> we need to do it accurately because mm -hmm. even back then, uh, some of the, the studies I don't think had the best data. Um, and we need to do it re at a reasonable price. And so that's, that was our humble beginnings. I just, I did what everybody does when they have this problem is I Googled it. I could not find a solution. Yeah. So that's where it came from. We built it. So today you would probably chat GPT it <laughs> than Googling it, um, but it seems like that's taken over. But yeah, that, that's, I do a lot of my research Googling things. So, so let me just jump right into it then. 
because I'll just say that the myth or the misinformation, one of the things I had in my head when it comes to reasonable compensation, and I was you know, practicing CPA journalist for a long time. In the early 2000s, I was uh, as well. And so I knew about this. I heard the terms, but I always assumed it was like, okay, everybody's trying to minimize their W-2 and their S-Corp so they can maximize their distributions. And so reasonable comp, in my mind, was like, hey, let's just make sure that it's a, uh, you know, whatever. We're covering Social Security taxes, and now the IRS is going to accept our our compensation as reasonable, and then we can take out a bunch of uh, distributions. That's not how this works after you tell me. Why don't you debunk that myth and give us a, a more definition of what really this is? Absolutely. And I think a huge part of kind of the way you were thinking about it back in the day and a lot of the ways current practitioners think about it well, I was caused because there was this giant void or vacuum on the subject. There really wasn't anything out there. So what happens when there's nothing? People start coming up with with different ways of, of coming up with it because you got to be able to answer the question when your clients ask, yeah. right? So, so at one point in time, uh, a myth came very, became very popular. A lot of people still think it's true today, which is, well, just split your distributions and reasonable compensation 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, others were pay the social security maximum or a percentage of net sales or gross revenue, those types of things. And what that did is it did give you a number to put down it may keep you from throwing a red flag with the IRS, but it didn't really meet what the IRS eventually came out as their definition of what reasonable compensation is. And to everybody's defense out there who's been practicing for a while, that definition <laughs> really didn't come out and it really wasn't clarified till about 2008. Okay. But from that point forward, it's just been trying to debunk the myths because the myths are been, have been ingrained for a decade before that. So it's rough to actually get the the actual facts through. Right. And so can I actually point to a IRS code section that says, here, you have to have a reasonable compensation, or is it based on IRS notices and clarifications or court cases? Where do we get the definition of what reasonable comp is? Yeah. So the actual definition is in the IRS code, and I'd have to look up the actual number for you. I have it somewhere. I just don't have it memorized. Um, But basically what it reads, uh, let's see if I can do this from memory, is Reasonable compensation is the value that would be paid uh, if you worked for an outside employer doing the same thing uh, under the same circumstances, right? That's paraphrasing a little bit, right. but basically uh, that's what it is. And then they they provided a, a significant amount of additional information on top of that over the years. So there's a fact sheet uh, that expands on that. Uh, there's court cases that also kind of factor into some of that, uh, as well as an internal job aid that's now uh, available publicly that all talks more and more about how you actually determine reasonable compensation and what the definitions are. But none of that started coming out until about 2008. In 2008. And you've been in business, RC Reports. When did that begin? Well, we began just kicking the idea around, seeing if we could actually do it in 2010. And we launched our product in 2012. So we okay. had our 10-year anniversary last year. Well, happy anniversary. Thank you. Last year was our 15 year, so we're kind of on that same same schedule. So a two-year process of like kicking around to going live, huh? So in the meantime, were you still doing your you know two-day studies or yep, I, I was. Uh, the biggest holdup was we didn't have the data, right? The platform itself that uh, you interact with, that wasn't a hard build. 
but the data that pushes everything uh, that, that we rely on, there wasn't a complete reliable database out there. So that's what really held us up. And so we built it and we maintain it and it is by far where we put most of our resources. Yeah, I would assume that that, that database has to be pretty in-depth to figure this out. That was, I guess, my next question you said. So how do we then calculate reasonable comp? What, I mean, you must have all kinds of statistics and data based on industry and job title and all this. So what is goes into determining what a reasonable comp is? So first and foremost, you need to have that back end so that no matter what you do, you can find the number. Yeah. And then uh, what our software does is it just walks you through a number of different options uh, there's different ways of determining reasonable compensation, different approaches that the IRS has formalized in their job aid. But depending on which approach you use, we just ask you some questions. But really what we want to break down is what do you do for your company? What are the services that you provide? Great. Now, what does the market pay for those services? Fantastic. We know that. Now we can build you a custom job profile or a custom reasonable comp study. And then, you know, let's say your services. What if you're the top in your industry. And so you're not the same, you know, payment schedule maybe that someone else is. Is there like a sliding scale that you can say, hey, you know, this individual just has so much more knowledge that they are really should pay a higher comp, or this is somebody new to this position, they're probably a lower comp on the scale. How do you determine that? We do. So we have uh, skill levels, experience levels, proficiency levels, however you want to describe them built into that process as well. So as an example, a lot of small business owners do bookkeeping, right? It's not the pro- usually their main piece of what they do, but they do some of that. So when it comes to that section of the interview, we're like, okay, well, first tell us how much time you spend doing bookkeeping each and every month. And then also let us know, you know, where you rank uh, as far as skill in that, right? Uh, and we go all the way from low to high and we've got three options in between there, but each one of those will be tied to its own unique wage. All right. So this is something I should have said at the beginning and didn't, but the LRL ask, I won't say it. I think I remember hearing maybe in talking to you that every S corp owner needs this, right? This is not something that's like, uh, you can decide yes or no, I'm going to do this. It is if IRS comes calling, this should be in or needs to be in your, your packet of documentation. Uh, absolutely. So being proactive is the insurance in this matter when it comes to compliance. If you pull a number out of thin air, which a lot of small business owners do, or they rely on one of the myths that uh, their tax advisor is still relying on, mm-hmm. and the IRS knocks and says, hey, where did you come up with that $40,000 figure? Oh, well, my CPA said that I just split distributions and wages 50-50. Okay, well, I don't know where you got that information. It's not part of the IRS information, but we think your reasonable comp should be closer to 70,000. So you need to have this in your background because it is great documentation and protection against getting that question. And, and so what, what is, I guess, going back then to the, the, the why then? I mean, the why is probably multifold, but, but my mindset was always, let's not underpay because IRS wants their social security taxes. But now when you and I were talking before, it's like, we can't also overpay, you know, because there are certain things that come into play. If, you know, let's say you're a highly paid individual and you're trying to maximize your QBI. And so to do this, you got to a point where you have to go, you know, half of the wages paid out or 20% of the net income. And, and so that's probably another thing. They want to make sure you're not 
just coming up with a number that says, hey, I did this to, to, to maximize QBI. What are the things that they're trying to avoid when it comes reasonable comp from either the low end or the high end? Yeah, so uh, we do have reports for a number of different issues, but S-Corps are our most popular. But traditionally, that was the, the game, so to speak, right? Which is to skinny down your reasonable comp for an S-Corp and save on payroll taxes. And the C-Corps are playing a different game. Let's fatten up reasonable compensation so that we can avoid double taxation right. by, yep. by paying that. When the Tax Cut and Jobs Act passed, that got a lot more confusing because we do have 199 cap A now and corporate income tax went down quite a bit as well. And so there are these scenarios now where as a taxpayer, you might be better off raising your reasonable comp up in an S corp or lowering it in a C corp. But I use the word reasonable incorrectly. What we're talking about is optimized compensation. And the IRS doesn't care at all about optimized compensation. No. <laughs> they want reasonable compensation, which is what is it going to cost to replace yourself in your company? It's that hypothetical amount. Yep. So really reasonable compensation. Determining compensation is not an optimization uh, uh, tool. Let's optimize our tax savings. That's not. Right. This has to be completely. Well, I'll take that back. It needs to be completely um, separate from tax planning from, let's say, after the fact. But it can be used in tax planning probably like, hey, we are currently a Schedule C. Maybe we should be an S-Corp. Let's determine if there's tax savings in becoming an S-Corp, whatever they are. And it may just be the the reduction in Social Security taxes or things. But that has can't be based on then us picking a number out of the, out of the cloud, out of the air. It has to be still reasonable. But then you can use that in the planning opportunity. Hey, we're deciding if we should be an escort or not. Let's see reasonable comp. How's this going to play? Is, is it used in tools like that then? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So using RC reports in one of two places is very popular. Tax planning is my favorite, right? That's when you get to really start to build that relationship with your client or you already have that relationship with your client. Hey, let, let's run a reasonable comp report. Let's see what your reasonable comp is. Then let's plug it in to a entity planner. We have one in our system and take a look at what that looks like for your business over a 10-year time frame. It may tell you, no, this from a dollar standpoint or a tax saving standpoint, this doesn't make sense, but it could also show the opposite. So now we're doing tax planning. We're helping out the client. Reasonable comp is a uh, life cycle of a business issue. Right, It helps you from day one decide whether you should maybe look at an entity choice. It comes into play if there are life changes uh, during the course of that business. And what I mean by that is typically divorce, but also um, end of business, right? Either you're passing it on to the next generation or you're valuing it to sell it. Reasonable comp plays a role in all of those steps. So if you're consulting, you do truly have that advisor practice or you're building toward that advisor practice, Reasonable comp, our good friend Don talks about it all the time. It's, it's the building block. You need to know that first before you can have any other meaningful discussion. So that's my favorite place. The flip side of that is compliance, right? We want right. to keep you out of hot water. If you're in your hot, hot water, we want to try and help you as much as we can. So you just mentioned Don. Don Brolin is who uh, uh, you and I and she were all on a call together just talking about this. And I just got intrigued with that reasonable comp and and felt so uninformed like i didn't even know that everybody needs this let's let me ask the question on that then is it every s corp every c corp owner needs this or are there other employees that if you're not an owner this still needs to come into play or or is it just the owner that that we're talking about um yeah so it it's typically 
going to be the S corp or the C corp owner, uh, right? Because the number they're using to pay themselves, they need to have some kind of backup for that, right? Other than pulling it out of thin air or right. using, uh, you know, one of the uh, the myths that are out there. But there are uh, situations where other people uh, in the firm may need to have a reasonable comp report run on them, typically in valuation or in litigation, but they're going to be typically senior members, right? They may not be necessarily shareholders of the company, but they could be close family members, et cetera, where that wage may not have been set at a market rate. So it does happen. It just doesn't happen very often. Okay. That is great. This is so much great information that everybody needs to know that I didn't know everybody needs to know. The one thing that you just mentioned when we were talking is is kind of alluded to advisory and using this in tax planning, but advisory in general. Advisory is a huge topic. In fact, now I'm going to brag for a second. I just got notified today. I'll be speaking at the Accounting Today Growth Conference twice on two different advisory subjects. So I love talking about advisory. So how does this help the preparer become more of an advisor then? As a preparer, if your market is going to be small and medium-sized businesses, knowing what that reasonable compensation figure is going to be a lead into, uh, I don't know, at least a half dozen conversations right off the bat. First and foremost is entity planning, either demonstrating that it does make sense to move maybe to an S-corp from a Schedule C or not. If you are building your practice and you're working with somebody who's a Schedule C right now and it does benefit them to move to an S-corp, right? You've just built in another 1120S into your practice. Now that S-corp needs to do payroll. If you're offering payroll services, then you uh, can offer them payroll services in addition to this. And you can build all this into that, to that analysis. As that business grows with you, which is what I think advisors really love, I think there's a lot of reward and passion for accountants that move to advisory, right? To just you know, work with that small business as, it's, as it grows and, and moves on and uh, it starts to bring other people on and, and or other shareholders on and, and things along those lines, compensation comes up. You can obviously address that. But when those other life cycle needs start to come up, which they do, uh, and unfortunately, like I said, one is can be divorce, right? Reasonable comp comes up in that regularly. Uh, or at the end of the rainbow, your mm -hmm. successful client is cashing out and selling their company. Having read that reasonable compensation figure when the valuator is doing their thing, having that already set ahead of time so they don't have to make big normalization adjustments, that just reflects so much more positive on not only the business, but on you as the advisor. Yep. So uh, I am very passionate about accountants getting more and more into advisory. It's really where they can help businesses. I mean, they can make a huge difference. I agree completely. And and I think you just, it's more rewarding too. And compliance is, is extremely necessary and extremely needed. And good people at compliance are great. Boy, adding that advisory, like you said, seeing the growth of your client that you're contributing to and that you're keeping them, you know, at a point where they can keep investing money back into the business. However, you've done it through advisory is awesome. Let's switch gears for a second. And I mentioned at the beginning that uh, you were uh, listed as what one of the top presenters on CPA Academy this past year. I know education, I've heard you say, is a, a passion of yours. Why don't you expand on that, the education aspect of what you do through RC Reports? Absolutely. I educated myself on reasonable compensation back when we started the company. 
But when we launched the product, what I realized is how much myths were out there and nobody was talking about it. Literally nobody. Otherwise, I'd have taken the course. <laughs> uh, so we were one of the very first presenters on CPA Academy. I know Scott Zaret, the owner over there quite well. And we've been presenting on that platform and many others for many, many years. But a foundation of our company, and we talk about this regularly, is we are an education forward company. Almost everything we do to introduce ourselves to the public comes with education. Yeah, we do the exact same thing. I feel like that that we are education first. The unique CPA is basically a secondary brand of Trimerit, really. And it's all about education. We're doing it right now, doing it through webinar, doing it through conferences, doing it through articles. So I, I have my personal, um, which I'm sure I stole from someone else, but my personal, I guess, model or something is share your knowledge. Um, I just figure if you share your knowledge, people are going to come to you and realize you're the expert. So it seems like we have the same philosophy there. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. I love to be able to get the actual facts out in front of people. And I can't tell you how many hundreds, if not thousands of people have had the same reaction that you have. It's like, I had no idea. I just skipped over it for years. And, yep. and uh, it is something that we need to talk with our clients about. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. You don't have to answer <laughs> this, but um, we do a lot of uh, webinars, and I'd love to have you present on our platform at some point on this because we, you know, we have access to a lot of CPAs and uh, tax preparers, EAs. I, you know, I got to stop generically CPAs, CPA, EA, tax preparers, tax advisors, tax reporters. Um, that would love to do this. So you and I will talk about this after the fact, but that'd be awesome if, if we could work that out. Absolutely. Uh, I can tell you right now, if I turned you down, you would probably be a first. Uh, if somebody <laughs> gives me the opportunity to educate, I yep. take it. I love doing it. And I love getting the actual information out there. And we've built uh, a fantastic stable of different educational um, topics. Let's catch up. You let me know what you want me to talk about. I will be there. Yep. This is awesome. Everybody heard it. It's official now. It's on the recording here. Paul's, Paul's coming on and educating us. Um, all right. So uh, before we wrap up Reasonable Comp, because I think you did a great job explaining this, I'm going to let you wrap that up before I go to the final two questions I want to ask you. So give us a <laughs> give us a wrap up on Reasonable Comp that uh, is going to help us all. Uh, from a lot of you out there, if you are already up to speed on this, fantastic. If you're not, it's an issue that's been in the background. It's coming to the forefront. I love it from an advisory role, but just be aware that uh, a recent Forbes article, a recent um, Entrepreneur Magazine article, uh, they're sounding the warning bell. The IRS is coming for this issue, and they're also got the funding to do it. Yep. Just get just get a piece of paper in your file, even if it's not our piece of paper. Put a piece of paper in the file that is reliable that you can pull out to back up reasonable comp for your clients. It's going to be a lifesaver when you need it. Yeah. That being said, then, because uh, I think this is important and, and you know, we're normally not like selling products or anything on this, but I think yours is such a unique and important uh, a tool that, you know, why don't you talk about how people work with your product then? Is it a subscription? Is it every single comp report you pay for? How does it work? We have a couple different options. Uh, we do have, a, if you need a single report, you can buy one. Right, because there are some scenarios like that, uh, but almost all of our clients or customers buy a subscription, and we have a couple of different levels. We have a basic and a premium, depending on what different options and features you'd like. They're all annual, so you can log in anytime over that year, 
uh, use any of the tools that are built in, run reports as many as you'd like. Uh, and uh, we built it to be incredibly affordable, especially when you look at the industry uh, for wage data. Yes, that was one of my very first impressions. You put your pricing right on the website and I'm like, does he know he's got the corner on this market? Because those prices are really reasonable. Um, at least I assume you have the corner on this market, but that's very fair pricing. And, and so I would just recommend everybody go to rcreports.com. Pricing is a tab right on the website. So take a look at that because it is important. Again, I didn't know this. I didn't know we needed this. And boy, putting this is getting as much contemporaneous documentation into that file as you can during the tax year is important. I know that through different credits and incentives. So, so same thing with this. All right. Final question then. I'm going to put you on the stand. I put you on the stand. Yeah. We're now we're going to tax court now. I'm going to put you, no, we are not going to do that. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with the chiefs. <laughs> right. That was, that was not the question, but this will, this will, <laughs> we shall see uh, what happens. Uh, people will hear this will be out after the Super Bowl. And we'll see if your prediction was correct. Well, I'm not saying it's correct. I'm just going to say that's what I'm going to have to root for because they're 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 in our conference. There you go. All right. All right. Are you a, a Broncos fan? Is that wait? I try to be a Broncos fan. They make it really hard. Yeah. Um, but you do live in the Denver area, right? Yes, I do. All right. Well, here's the question then, and it may be related to where you live. Um, you know, besides being the guru on reasonable compensation and the educator, uh, when you're not working and educating, uh, what do you do for fun? What's your outside of work passions? Uh, my outside of work passion is is outside. It is it is outside under the sky. And there's two places that I always, always want to be. Uh, one is right behind me. My wife had that made. That's in Ini Beach on Kauai, which we nice. visit as often as we can. The hiking on that island will knock your socks off if you're a hiker. Wow. Uh, if I'm not hiking there, then I'm in the high country of Colorado hiking. Uh, I also like to paddle when I can, but I have a chocolate lab. And as much as he likes to swim, he's not great in boats. So uh, if I'm hiking, he's usually with me, as is my wife, if the hike is, uh, it isn't too extreme. That's what uh, my wife and I, you were, you and I were talking before we record. My wife and I are on our winter trip. We head out of Chicago for the winter. Um, you know, Denver in the winter, I think, is much better than Chicago in the winter. Um, and uh, so we've been out uh, in Arizona and California, and uh, hiking is a Beautiful. big part of what we're doing. So I, I, uh, I agree completely with you. Hiking is uh, one of my outside of work passions. Well, with that being said, we already said the, the website, rcreports.com. I assume any information anybody wants, they can get there, or would you direct anybody anywhere else? Absolutely. If you're interested at all, grab a demo. Our demo team is the best. They just are fantastic. We have a phone number on the site. So we nine times out of 10, when you dial that number, you will get to talk to a live person. All right, I'm going to call 10 times today and see if I get nine out of 10 people answering. And then I'll report back. Paul was accurate. Nine times out of 10, they did answer my call today. So don't be surprised if they keep asking you why you're calling. <laughs> I think that'll probably, it's that Randy guy again. What's he doing? Don't answer. Don't answer. All right, Paul. Well, we met one of the requirements uh, of laughing, so I appreciate that. And educating, we met the other requirements. So awesome job today. It was great talking to you, and I really appreciate you being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Randy. I do very much appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today on The Unique CPA. 
You can find the show notes for today's episode and learn more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting app. And join us next time for more expertise and insights on The Unique CPA. Professionalproductions.net